Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Olivia Mentor. And today's book club. Yay. <laughs> I'm very excited to talk about this. So I reread the book and my thoughts have evolved. I I know. You, I read the outline. Becca did a great outline for this episode. I was like, wait, did we interpret the ending completely differently? I Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Well, let's get some highs and lows going so that we can get into this book. What is your high? My high is today. Um, (laughs) We are recording together. We just recorded another episode. It was really fun. We've just been like basically talking for however long I've been here. We had a nice lunch. I was sick for what felt like a long time. And then I just sort of had a bad work week. So today I woke up and I was like going to New York, putting on a nice dress having fun. We're getting drinks and food after this. This is my high. Although your high is much more exciting, I think. Well, I'm flattered to be your high. I also had kind of like a crummy week. And so I was looking forward to this, but like being in it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is like turning my my week around. Oh, yes. Well, tell me about Harry Styles. I'm not Harry Styles, okay? I wish I was in so many different ways. Well, so when this podcast goes live, I will be going to France tomorrow for nine days, this kind of impulsy trip that we booked to go see Harry Styles. Well, it was planned around going to see Harry Styles in Paris. Which I love. And I have not been to Paris in 10 years. The last time I was there, I was unemployed. I don't think I've ever been to Paris with money to spend. It changes things when you go somewhere and you actually have disposable income. Yes. Last time I was both unemployed and so broke. We went to a couple cities, but I remember we were in Geneva. Switzerland is so expensive. I really want to go to Switzerland, but I've heard that and it it's so expensive. Me. We literally couldn't afford anything there. <laughs> Nothing? Nothing. Just bread and cheese. Yeah, like we couldn't afford anything. We were so broke. So that was the last time that I was in... Paris was on that trip and I'm just I'm excited to go back I got so many recommendations from people and then we also had Megan Donovan do an itinerary for us through Paris Perfected which is her business that's specifically itinerary planning for Paris so I'm really excited and then we're also going to go to Burgundy for a few days and go wine tasting so jealous and I'm going to go to Bone on the suggestion of your neighbor, Cheryl. Cheryl. Shout out to Cheryl. <laughs> yeah. I'm, oh gosh, I can't wait to follow along because I uh, watch a lot of Chateau renovation content. Mm. I follow a lot of Chateaus. Like I follow a lot of like French property Instagrams. Okay. Okay. And just makes me want to go to France again. And I'm excited to live vicariously through you. I'm really excited. I have to do some trip planning this weekend. In, in reality, we still have, we're recording in advance, so we have like a week and a half. In my mind, you're going like in an hour. No. <laughs> we have some reservations for dinners and things, but I'm like, oh, we need to like sew this up. Yeah. Well, it's very exciting. Very excited. What is your low? I truly had the worst work conference call of my life this week. Oh, no. I'm uh, already like, this sounds like terrible. I feel like I give pretty good phone call. I That's true. I, I, I'm not nervous going on to calls with new people. And this call just for, really from the first minute got away from me. <laughs> and by the end of it, I got off and I was like, 
Well, I don't think they like me. <laughs> what happened? You just it. I don't trait. know. It just really got away from me and was bad. I, it's a work call, so I like don't want to talk about yeah. the specifics. But like, who? I I think we've all been there. It was I. <laughs> every time this week that I've thought about this call, I have. Oh no. I like, like cringe. I have yeah. I have like PTSD from it. I I have had experiences <laughs> like that, and then it's just kind of replays in your mind. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it wasn't as bad as you think, but I definitely I think understand it was. the feeling. <laughs> I think it was as bad as I think. <laughs> okay, fair. And like, just, you know, like, I feel like I'm a pretty good communicator. And mm-hmm. like. Yeah, you definitely are. We all have our days and this was not mine. It's been a weird time. We've been talking about that. Weird time. What about you? So mine is, I just mentioned this on last week's episode, but I have been having, I have a few recurring nightmares. Oh, God. Um. What? I never remember my dreams. I would say I remember my dreams 5% of the time. Really? Yeah. I Well, I guess these, because I have them repeatedly, I kind of do. So one of them is I have this dream that I'm with Jake. We are living our normal life. So it feels kind of like real life would. And something is nagging at me. Like, what is bothering me? Like, something feels wrong. And then I'm like, shit, Jake killed someone. And I, like, remember it. And I start to panic because I realize there's no coming back from this. Like, there's just nothing we can do. The police will find us. I've listened to enough podcasts to know. And it's the worst feeling because I can't change it. Do you know any details? The person is dead. Well, in this past dream, <laughs> in this past dream, we're driving. And I'm like, what is bothering me? Something is wrong. And I'm like, Jake murdered someone. Oh, shit. And that person is Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> <laughs> I, in the dream, I'm is like, it, is it because there could only be one true Jake? I guess, I guess so. And I'm like, I, I, in the dream, I looked at Jake and I was like, we could have, we could have figured it out. Like we could have found a solution without you having to kill him. And Jake was like, it's done. He's in the trunk. And then I remember thinking in the dream, like if he doesn't post on Instagram, like his, like people will start to wonder eventually. Like we have maybe 24 hours. Oh my God, hours. you have to weekend at Birdie's Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> it was so anxiety inducing though because i really believed and i have believed in all these dreams that it's done that jake has murdered someone that we are inevitably going to be found out and arrested and that i cannot undo it i cannot fix it would jake gyllenhaal's gone would jake know who jake gyllenhaal is yes because of all too well oh okay (laughs) okay well i told him and he was like he shouldn't have kept the scarf (laughs) and i was like points for that taylor swift vigilante (laughs) How dare you, Jake Gyllenhaal? It was so specific, but like vivid. And also in the dream, like my first reaction. How did he do it? Do you know? I don't know. But my first reaction wasn't like, why? It was that like, like, really, Jake? Like, we couldn't it's have all worked been this leading out. to this. <laughs> anyway, There's a sense of inevitability. It sounds funny, but it's really haunting. And um, it, it, I'm sure it is, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> A hilarious premise. It, it, it is funny. I woke up and I was like, Phew, that's a relief. So many levels. But yeah, <laughs> let's take an ad break. Let me talk for a second about one of my most satisfying confidence boosting moments in life. I will set the scene for you. It is a Friday. The sun is shining. I'm off to treat myself to a long walk, listening to an audiobook, 
maybe drinking a nice coffee after a hard work week. But most importantly in this scenario, I am wearing an outfit that makes me feel amazing. And the cherry on top of everything is that a stranger will compliment me on said outfit. Nothing can make me feel on top of the world quite like that. And it's exactly what happened to me the other day when I was wearing my Tradland chalet dress. And I would not be surprised if Becca has also experienced a very similar situation in her Nico dress from Tradlands, which is also incredibly cute. I feel amazing in my Tradlands dress, but on top of feeling and looking great, what I love about Tradlands is that the brand believes in clothing that you can live in now and love forever. It's clothing that makes you feel like your best self and designs that move with you through your busy days. Plus, because Tradlands focus on things like cost per wear, you don't have to worry that your Tradlands pieces will fall apart after one or two cycles in the washing machine like other fast fashion brands. Over the past few years, I have been sort of mentally taking note of which brands in my closet don't have longevity because either the clothing falls apart really quickly or the fit doesn't feel right after only a few wears. I love knowing that my Tradlands pieces will look and feel the same great way in a few years as they do right now. And I also absolutely love that Tradlands offers incredible, sustainable dresses, pants, sweaters, shorts, and so much more all of which are available up to a size 5X. So I know it's hard to explain a clothing brand that you maybe haven't heard of in a podcast ad, but like if your summer style mood board is like coastal grandmother slash upstate gardener vibes, I think you're going to love their dresses. I have the Nico linen dress in Sedona, which is like this deep brick red, like very Santa Fe farmer's market vibes. I love linen clothing. I love a linen dress, both the way it looks, but also just for comfort. It's so breathable. It looks good even if it's a little wrinkled like it's supposed to be. And we're not quite there yet temperature wise, but I am also very excited to try some of their sweaters this fall. Me too. They are super cute. If you're tempted to check out Tradlands now too, go to tradlands.com slash paper to shop and use code BADONPAPER for 20% off your order. That's code BADONPAPER, all caps, for 20% off your order. Let's get into this book. The first thing I'm going to tell you is that there are spoilers in this discussion. So if you haven't read this book and you want to pause because we're going to ruin it. Come back later. And I don't know how I would feel about this book if it were spoiled for me. Yeah, it would change everything. So I would suggest pausing now and coming back as well. This is your warning. So let me give you a quick summary and then we'll get into our discussion. So Laura Ricci is an NYU student interning at Elle magazine. So wide-eyed Laura, who is hiding the fact that her scholarship has been revoked from her parents, is in dire straits financially. Her savior comes in the form of Cat Wolf, the enigmatic Austrian heiress and sometimes L contributing editor. After Cat taps Laura to help with research for a story about female fashion entrepreneurs, Cat suggests Laura should drop out of NYU and work with Cat ghostwriting short fiction for her in a bid to score a book deal. Laura moves into Cat's suite at the Plaza Hotel and lives an all-expenses-paid lifestyle where her and Cat try to crack the story. 
And if you're thinking this sounds too good to be true, it's because it is. So Kat is actually a Russian scammer named Olesia Durakova, who is posing not only as Cat Wolf, but also as a startup founder currently courting venture capitalists and as a beloved literary author. When Kat's house of cards comes crashing down, Laura finds her worst dreams realized. She's dead broke, has dropped out of NYU, and is robbed of her literary future. Or so we thought. Dot, dot, dot. That was a great summary. Thank you so much. Very good. I had jury duty this week, and I reread this book in jury duty, and um, you know, didn't have anything else to do, and really like put my all into this. It was great. Thank you. What were your what were your overall thoughts on this book? I thought this book was so fun and juicy. I I mean I feel like it's interesting because I feel like it came literally like a month too late for the scammer fad. Like mm-hmm. I feel like we had like scammer Yeah. Like <laughs> February, March was like the peak of scamdom mm-hmm. with like inventing Anna came out. The Dropout came out. Bad Vegan. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that was last year, that Scammer's docuseries on HBO. The Tinder Swindler. Like, there was, like, so many. I feel like mm-hmm. we were, like, peak scamdom. And this came out in April. It was, like, a month too late to the party. But I thought this was really, really fun. I thought I liked the twists. I I thought it was, like, compulsively readable. Yes. That is how I would describe it as well. So the first time I read it, I read it in one sitting and then I read it in jury duty and it literally, I don't know, it probably took me like four and a half hours altogether to read. Like it was a real fast read. Yeah, it's the because of the way it's formatted with text and emails and lots of different really types of formats. It just flew. Yeah. And at no point, like it's not a very charactery book, I guess. Like it's more plotty. At no point was I like, oh, I'm bored. Oh, yeah. No, you will not page be turn, bored. Page turn. Page turn. You will not be bored. What were your overall thoughts on the book? I felt similarly. I really liked it. It was fun. It is not a character (laughs) focused book, which when you find out some details later, it makes sense that it might feel like some of the characters don't have a lot of depth, I guess. But in terms of plot, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed the experience of reading it, even if it didn't give me some things that other books give me in terms of, I don't know. Well, this is my perfect thriller because I like the feeling of a thriller where it feels really pacey you are surprised there's twists you keep reading but it wasn't scary this is my ideal type of thriller where you get the feeling of a thriller without the terror yeah I loved it and I thought like you said it was compulsively readable it it didn't move me but not every book is supposed to do that (laughs) well I mean I feel like the characters are fairly unlikable like what would you be moved to do moved to scam yeah yeah well maybe (laughs) I mean, Jake's on the run for killing Jake Gyllenhaal and like you're going to start a scam. (laughs) I might. Okay. Did you like the format with like all the different... It was different. Have you read anything like it? I I don't think I've read any book that is singularly told in kind of like alt formats without pure exposition chapters. I don't know Mm -hmm. what the right word is. Like this was told in diary entries, Slack messages, Instagrams, emails, FBI records. Like it was all documents like when we read last month's book club pick funny you should oh, ask yeah. there were like yeah. the articles in there and i've definitely read books that have interstitials with with text messages right. or something yeah same but i thought this was really fun that it was all found things and it also brought in multiple points of view from outsiders one thing that i really liked about this is that you know she's a scammer from page three i think you have to right 
not like I feel like that's it's necessary for the the book is what I mean. Not that you wouldn't be able to miss it, which of course you wouldn't, I guess. But I don't know. Like I I feel like there's an alt version where this is the devil wears Prada of this girl like working her way up in the world only to find out that Miranda Priestley is a scammer. Yeah, I guess. Also, do you? How much did you buy her being that that gullible? A lot. I I don't know. I was reading the Goodreads reviews. Uh-huh. And so many people were like, who could be this gullible? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm 21. Mm-hmm. I might have been this gullible, especially if you dangled the right carrot. Her carrot is that she wants to be a famous author. And she's like kind of in a corner. She's mm-hmm. out of options, doesn't have any money. She like can't go back to school. I yeah. don't know. Like I might be willfully ignorant in that situation if the right carrot was dangled. Mm-hmm. I went back and forth, but... Sometimes I was like, oh, come on. And sometimes I was like, I could see myself being that young and that vulnerable for sure. Yeah. For sure. And that like hungry for success. And especially when the options are tell your parents you completely failed or move into the Plaza Hotel with this rich lady. Like (laughs) 21 year old me is choosing the Plaza Hotel every time. 35 year old me might... It did sound kind of nice. Might choose the Plaza Hotel like one out of four. I was I had multiple moments where I was like, sure, she is being scammed, but it's kind of nice. In the meantime, she's just living at the Plaza Hotel and ordering room yeah. service. Oh, yeah. Not the worst thing in the world. No. Not the worst. I've certainly heard of worse scamming situations. No. What about the scammer? What did you think of Kat slash Alessia? Did you, did you find them sympathetic at all? Did you get them or were you just uh not really I don't think I felt sympathetic I thought that it was interesting like the the narrative about how like no one takes her writing seriously or will believe it's her or credit it to her uh I kind of not related to that but I I appreciated the effort to give her a little bit more depth there but no I didn't I wasn't like, oh, poor you. What about you? I mean, I wasn't poor you, but I did think there was a really interesting irony in the fact that she felt like she had built this legacy, all scammed based on like wire fraud. It was all smoke and mirrors. Like the companies that she built were just fake websites and Instagram accounts that she like bought followers for. But she was like, this legacy I've built, she didn't write any of the books, but she'd gotten away with all of this and she Mm -hmm. wanted the glory and I thought that was very interesting and ironic yeah I I I could see that I agree with that because it's established that she's a bad writer so like somebody else is doing all of this and then her brother is doing all the falsification on these companies Mm -hmm. but she's like look at all I've achieved (laughs) I mean it is hard work in a way I guess yeah like she had a she had a work ethic I definitely don't think I'm smart enough to be a scammer I don't think you have the stomach for it. Like I (laughs) do you No, but like, I feel like you would be second guessing if you were going to get caught. Oh, oh, clearly before you did anything. clearly. Oh, yes. I would be panicked constantly because it takes like you said, it takes like a steel constitution. So I want to talk about your your personal pantheon of scammers. So I feel like. Kat was a combination of Anna Delvey with the wire fraud slash that side of it, Elizabeth Holmes with the fake companies, mm-hmm. and then Caroline Calloway with the ghost with writing. The writing. So, like, rate for me which of these scams you care most about to least. Oh, gosh. Well, they're all so different. 
I mean, I feel like Elizabeth Holmes isn't kind of a league of her own because I feel like she did real harm in a way with like the, you know, the health, health testing and, and things there. Caroline Calloway, I actually followed way long time ago before all of it. So it's been very interesting just to see how she has evolved into <laughs> this the scammer and the brand that she is. And then Anna Delvey, I really don't care about. I don't know. Oh, interesting. Like, I liked when the story came out, but I feel like it's been a little over. And now she's trying to get all this press. I, I don't know, which I don't blame her. I just don't care about it as much. I think Elizabeth Holmes and Caroline Calloway are more interesting. Do you think Caroline Calloway is a scammer? I was thinking about that before we recorded, actually. I, I don't know. The thing is, I don't think any of these people think, think they're scammers. Yeah, but, and I know the, well, I don't know very much about Elizabeth Holmes either. So, okay. So my answer would be Anna Delvey is my number one. I was so captivated by that New York Magazine article when it came out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is so unbelievable. And I very much followed that scam. And I think Anna Delvey is also just like a compulsively watchable, narcissistic human Mm -hmm. where she's like, I'm going to Instagram from jail. And I'm like, let's go. Mm -hmm. Um, Similar Caroline Calloway energy. Caroline Calloway, I feel like, is my second highest interest. I think it's interesting that she's an influencer. and mm. Or is she anymore? Don't know. I think she's only on OnlyFans. Oh, interesting. And I don't know a lot about this. From everything I've read, I don't know that she's actually a scammer. Like, she might just be in a bad event planner. Where, like, the, the article, when people first started to come after her about being a scammer, was just one person. Well, yeah, it was like she tried to throw this create and cultivate type event and mm. it was terrible. And it was, yeah, I think she's just a bad planner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's not that I have sympathy for her or even remotely, but I just view her as more just chaotic. Yeah, chaotic Where, and yeah. like has like a lot of delusions of grandeur. Her and Natalie were like going to like build this thing and, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you've ever seen a photo of what her like room used to look like, I mean, chaos it's just chaos yeah she's just like a chaotic person with poor follow-through she did inspire me to put flowers in my hair more often though so i'll give her that but it's interesting like it's interesting that she's gotten caught up being called a scammer well yeah this is my point like i don't think that she is comparable to elizabeth holmes no other than the sense that they're both narcissists living in their own world yeah but i mean elizabeth holmes like i said actually made people suffer yeah, she's my lowest, too. Like, it's too serious. It's not fun. I didn't watch The Dropout. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't... It's it's phenomenal. I'm sure everyone has said it, it is. But I'm like, I don't need to... I didn't watch the Anna Delvey one. Less Inventing phenomenal. Anna. Yeah, really? Mm-hmm. And I love Shonda Rhimes, but... Yeah, I was like, I don't need to... I don't need to watch this. Yeah. Wait, I'm curious. Did you ever intern in a magazine? Technically, I interned for Bustle, but it was remote, so I wasn't okay. there, but... Honestly, so much of this brought back memories of when I first started working at Bustle because I had no idea what I was doing. I was 22 and it kind of felt similar in a lot of ways. So it was kind of hard for me to read in certain spots because I was like, I don't want to remember being 22 again. But it was very accurate. Yeah. Did you? No, no, no. I majored in international studies and did not. Did I intern at all? No, I don't think I did. I worked in a restaurant every summer. No, I I didn't even conceive that this was something that could be a job (laughs) until later. But I was like such a magazine consumer. This Mm -hmm. feels like the peak of glamour. Oh, yeah. I remember like watching The Hills and Whitney fantasizing. Yes. I love Whitney. Still love Whitney. 
but yeah, it was it was pretty accurate to my experience just working at a website. How do you feel about a story within a story? Yeah. Oh, I love a story within a story or a movie. It kind of reminded me of the story that was that the last book club book centered around. Like, I mean, obviously oh, very movie. different. No, like how she had this article that went viral. And then, oh. and then we read the article and I was, uh, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. I wasn't comparing it to that. It just kind of reminded thinking, me of that in a way. I was thinking like in book lovers, there's the book that they're working on together that gets described, but you never get to read. I love that. I mean, it didn't really work with Funny You Should Ask because it was about James Bond. So it's right. like we all know what that is. But when there's like a fake movie TV series in a book, I love that. And I thought this was so funny because you never get to read the story. It's yeah. called Horse Girl. And the description, I wrote it down. So this is from a fake article about like the, the article. Are you a horse girl? No, you keep thinking oh, I'm a horse girl. This has come up like three times. You have horse girl energy. I'm not. The story says, the short story, which centers around a brief romantic encounter between Emily, an 18-year-old college student, and Connor, a teaching assistant, captured readers' attention and sparked online conversation about drinking, consent, and the damaging effects of casual misogyny. And I'm like, wow, that is not what I would expect <laughs> of a story called Horse Girl. Yeah, I, I do. I, I kind of was like, oh, it was interesting when it was like revealed of what it was about, but... I don't know. It didn't make a difference to me either way, I guess. Oh, I'm a sucker. I, I love, I think it's so fun when there's a story within a story. Cool. You're like, cool. I don't. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it didn't really. It's, it's also, this book is really hard because I'm, well, you just reread it, but it's very hard for me to go back to the place where I was reading it because everything changes by the end. It does. So every single aspect of my perspective on everything is just, different than it would have been while I was reading. So it's hard to go back there. Let's take an ad break <laughs> before we get to the talking about the end, which I feel like is what we all need to talk yes, about. Yes, definitely. This episode is brought to you by Olive and June. Look, if you listen to the podcast, you know things have been a little bit up and down in my life lately. And when this happens, I'm always in search of easy, quick ways to give myself an instant boost. And the other weekend, I gave myself an at-home pedicure using the color Lava, a bright red-orange color, which is very outside of my color wheel. Usually, I'm like a neutral slash pastel nail polish girl, and I am feeling so freaking powerful. It gives me such a confidence boost every time I look down and see my pedicure. I can totally relate. After being sick earlier this month, I found myself feeling so incredibly unlike my usual self afterwards. So I decided to make an afternoon of treating myself. I took an extra long hot shower. I poured an ice cold glass of water. I put on my favorite show and I sat down to paint my nails with my Olive and June Manny set. Having all the tools and polishes ready to go in one place made me feel like I was really truly treating myself in a way that digging a random polish out of the bottom of my junk drawer never really does. I instantly felt better and more importantly, so much more like me. I personally swear by Olive and June's top coat. It's the only thing I found that makes my at-home manicures actually last. And as I continue my year-long effort to stop biting my nails, this makes a huge difference. But the best part about the Manny system is it's so much more affordable than a salon manicure. We both have the Manny system with six polishes, and it breaks down to just $2 a manicure versus $40 or $50 you'd be paying for one single gel manicure in New York City or Philly. 
Also, I have to just tell you, I posted on Instagram the other day that I'm feeling not so great. I was feeling a little bit down and I have multiple replies from people that were like, but your nail polish looks so good. And I love that nail color on you. So the color is from Olive and June, of course. It's called World Lit. And it's like this really subtle purpley pink shade of mauve. And it came with my original Manny set. I absolutely love it. And we haven't talked about the poppy. So the Manny set comes with our patented brush handle that makes painting with both of your hands super easy, even if you think that you are too unskilled to give yourself an at-home manicure. I promise this tool is game-changing. Obviously, we're huge fans of this brand and so excited to have a special offer for Bad on Paper listeners. Visit oliveandjune.com paper for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash paper, P-A-P-E-R, for 20% off your first Manny system. Let's talk about this ending. What an ending it was. Okay, so refresher for anyone. The last page, I will just read it to you. It is a letter to the editor printed in Elle magazine, and it says, We were surprised to find our daughter listed as the author of I Wrote Horse Girl. Like the young woman in the story, our daughter Laura was also an English major at NYU and an intern at Elle. But unlike the woman in the story, our daughter was seriously injured in a tragic car accident last year and has been in a coma ever since. She is currently hospitalized at the Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania. According to the NYU Registrar's Office, only one Laura Ricci has ever been a student at the school, our own Laura Elizabeth. We believe there must be a mix-up, or even worse, that someone has stolen our comatose daughter's identity. Please issue a correction at once. Our friends and relatives have been calling to congratulate us on our daughter's miraculous and frankly highly unlikely recovery. Signed, Tom and Carol Ricci, Allentown, Pennsylvania. The twist. The twist. <laughs> okay, wait. So you said to me before we started recording, I had, I had one theory that I was working with when I finished the book the first time, the way I put the pieces together in my head, and I'll tell you what that is okay. later. But I, I'm being shady. I don't know why. <laughs> um, and then after I reread it the second time, I have a second theory. But you said what your interpretation was totally different. Yeah. So I thought that it was she was pretending to be her the whole time, and she created the diary as like a way to create this identity and use it to her own purposes. So, like, she never existed. Well, she did exist. Do you but, think they knew each other? Do you think they met at Elle magazine? No. I, I thought it was that Laura never existed in the first place, and she was entirely made up by the scammer. No, the article says that Laura was an English major and NYU oh, and also I mean, an like, intern at Elle magazine. I, think she t- I thought it, it was, like, she knew this person had died, took their identity, and then created an entire persona around this identity and then used it. Okay, so that's like my, that kind of jives with my, my second okay. theory. So my first theory, when I first finished the book, was, which I, this sounds like a good ending to me, <laughs> is that I thought the person that was Laura was a scammer all along and was scamming Kat. And... Oh, yeah, I didn't even... So I thought it was like a third person who was pretending to be Laura to scam Kat because... Cat seemingly like gets caught and like Laura then at the second to last page, Laura purchases Bitcoin. So I thought she was usurping the top scammer. But that doesn't make sense because based on the letter, K- 
Kat and Laura would have met at Elle magazine, so Kat would know who the real Laura looked like. When I got to the end of the book the first time, like, that's what I put together in my head. Interesting. I don't think it's correct. Now I'm just wondering, I thought that was just it, that she just doesn't exist. Or she does exist. She's in a coma, but her identity is being used. Yeah, I because her perspective is only told through the diary, Correct. right? So you, you read it However, assuming that this is a real person and not her, like... No, because it's also talked about in... Well, is it or isn't it? I can't remember. I feel like it might also be talked about in meeting with the agent, the FBI agent, and then also meeting with the literary agent. Like there's emails between them and Laura. So I guess it's never confirmed that they met, but it's like other people met Laura. But yeah, but who they thought was Laura, but she has all these disguises. So it could have just been her all along. So it's just like Kat pretending to be Laura. Right. Like she pretended to be all these different people and these different email addresses. I guess so. It's kind of like a Gone Girl thing. When you read the diary in the book the first yeah. time around, you think of it as just, okay, this is a person writing a diary and that's yeah. it. But then you realize it's all fabricated. Well, we actually have huh. a listener voicemail about that. Let's listen to that. Hi, Becca and Olivia. Uh, First of all, I loved this month's book. It was so good. I really enjoyed it. I'm curious what you guys think about the the diary trope. I feel like ever since Gone Girl, I've read so many mysteries and thrillers and other books that use a diary as a vehicle to tell one character's point of view. And it's, it's always bullshit. It always ends up being a lie. And yet I fall for this trope every time. I'm just curious if you guys do too, if you like this trope and why you think it's such a compelling storytelling method when it's should be so easy to see through. So I feel like you're saying the same thing as this listener, but I'm like, I'm duped by it every time. Cause also in Verity mm. where at the end, the letter is fake. And I was like, what? Yeah, this person, I mean, it's funny because I I hadn't actually heard the voicemail before I said the Gone Girl thing. I love it, though, because even if you suspect that it might be the case, it brings you into that point of view so much that it's hard to, I don't know, it's hard to predict it because it's built up so much. Right. I don't know. Wait, can I can I tell you about my second theory and yes. then some of the holes that I see in this? Yes, please Which maybe do. you can explain it to me. So, okay, sometime after Elle magazine, but before the end of the book, Laura gets in a car crash because it doesn't say when she got in a car crash either. Mm -hmm. And if you told me when, then I think I would have an easier time. And I guess I'm wondering if Bob, Kat's driver, got in an accident to, like, maim Laura? Because he was sketchy, too. Your brain works in very interesting ways. I would never even have considered that. But well, I mean, I'm like, did she orchestrate stealing her identity or did she just like see the opportunity? I'm not sure. And then Kat took over her identity to use as an exit strategy because in one of Alessia's emails to her brother, she talks about needing an ironclad exit strategy mm-hmm. to leave mm-hmm. the U.S. to get back to Moscow, which is where she's from. And so she saw... Laura as this opportunity, whether it was because she saw her at L and was we look alike. And then she was like, I'm going to get my driver to like get you in an accident and then steal your identity or whether she just was like, oh, wow, this is what better opportunity could this be? And it kind of makes sense because there's a letter from her parents, Laura's parents, 
about asking NYU to hold her spot at the end of August, which would be after Elle, but before she started working with Kat. And in the book, it's after she tells her parents in the diary that she's dropping out. Mm -hmm. So it seems like her parents are mad at her for dropping out, but it could be that she's now comatose. So they're asking to hold the spot. And then there's another really brief text exchange between the other interns where they say, oh, I should find out where Laura is. It seems like she's just gone off the grid, but it could be that she's in the hospital. It seems like maybe this happened at the end of August before she moved into the plaza, meaning Mm -hmm. Laura never actually lived at the plaza and Kat just took her identity. But then, okay, here's what doesn't make sense to me. So I guess Kat is keeping this diary pretending to be Laura. And it makes sense then because the diary is not super well written. So like if she was this amazing writer, wouldn't her diary be slightly better written? But then who actually wrote the stories? Who wrote Horse Girl? I thought it was Kat. So Kat I mean, she could have gotten better. Can write? I think so. Like, isn't it possible she got better? Or she could have. But if she was a good writer, why didn't she write Laura's diary better? I guess that's a question for the author. Because <laughs> I thought the whole thing was that, like, the literary agent, which I have a whole other question about, is that Kat came to her, but she didn't have the writing skills. And so she suggested she needed a ghostwriter. The literary uh-huh. agent did. And so if we, I don't know, like, I guess Kat could have improved. If, like, if Kat wasn't a skilled writer and this diary is poorly written, which supports the fact that Kat is a bad writer, who wrote these stories? I interpreted it that it was Kat and she was, like, pissed off that the the agent was like, oh, no, this isn't good enough. So she, like, was like, oh, I'm just going to do it better and then, you know, use a different identity and you'll suddenly be interested in it or use a different... Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. But now I'm like really questioning everything. And if I totally, I read it very fast. So I'm like, well, maybe I missed all chunks of this. Here's the thing. I, I greatly enjoyed and was entertained by this book. I do not think this book was made to be read a second time. No, absolutely not. Like, I do not think the book was made to be read once you know the ending. Where like, it was plausible enough that I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I buy this. But then when I read it, knowing the ending, and what I did was I read the last page first and then read it. Mm-hmm. I was like, things don't add up here. Wait, I have more things. Oh, gosh. Is she also the agent? So I I would have to go back. But if I'm assuming most of... No, because there's emails, right? Or texts between the agents. Yes, I think she is. She's no, the wait, literary she's agent. The, oh, I thought you meant the FBI. No, the literary agent. Is she the literary agent, too? No, I didn't think that. Okay. But I guess she... <laughs> I don't know. I'm questioning everything now, Becca. Okay, so then why... Did, okay, here's another question. Why did she out herself in the I wrote horse girl story? So then she's... Kat wrote the story as Laura, published it under Kat's name in The New Yorker, and then wrote a story in Elle magazine saying... Or in whatever magazine saying, I wrote horse girl and exposing Kat. And it's like, why would she do that? What was the plan? That's a good point. My brain is kind of breaking. I won't lie. And then also in the diary, it says she went to Pennsylvania for Thanksgiving, which I guess, I guess could just be a lie. could be fabricated, but it's like, so that whole scene, that, that was one part to me that I was like, what? Like you're just don't talk to them for all this time. And then you just go back. That was very bizarre to me too. But then everything made sense at the end. Cause I was like, none of this is real. Well, yeah, but it's like, I wish in, 
we don't know when she died. Because it was like, okay, if yeah. we're working under the assumption she dies in August, then she didn't go to Pennsylvania. And like, I don't know what the point of writing that in the diary was. Yeah. What would and be the point of that? We don't know when she died. So she could have died after Thanksgiving. I don't know. Was Was Laura ever keeping this diary and Kat took it over? Or was like, from the get, this diary is Kat's fabrication of Laura? That's how I interpret it. But now I'm thinking I'm seeing what you're saying. Because it also covered at Elle magazine, which she was alive for, which she could have just made things up about her experience there. But like there are diary entries from Elle, from her first day of Elle magazine. The parents say she she did intern there. So it's like, OK, she was alive during this. Am I breaking your brain? Yeah, you're breaking my brain a little bit because I'm starting to see all Olivia of your points. Is like I, you know, this is scrolling in this document. She has this lank <laughs> expression on her face. Like she well, looks like she's going to start writing on my walls and like get string and start making like, one of them. Am those. I the world's dumbest person? I just, this, but you present really good points. The thing about a twist like this, I wish I could go into a completely blind because I knew it was coming. And so. I don't know. I wonder if my perspective would be different. You knew this different. twist was coming? No, no, no. no. Oh. I knew a twist was coming. And so, of course, you question everything throughout yeah. the whole the whole reading experience. But... Wait, I have one more thing that I need to... I, yeah. like, I'm about to just literally... <laughs> like, throw this like, book. Like, I'm just literally staring into the wall being like, what? How? What? What is wrong with me? What did I miss? Okay. So the other thing is that there are Slack messages between... The two FBI agents. So one of the FBI agents goes undercover as an intern in Elle magazine. Mm -hmm. So the FBI agent would have met Laura Mm -hmm. before she died. So she would theoretically know because she was posing as an intern. She would know what the real Laura looked like. And then I guess we only know this through the diary. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if we know this. But if Laura then complies with the FBI to help them Mm -hmm. when Kat is on the run... Wouldn't she know that it was a different person? Because you could make yourself seem like you look like Laura, but like... Right. For somebody who had met her before she died, would, would you be like, oh, this is a different person? This, this truly is breaking me because when I read the end, I was like, oh, okay. Like the whole time it was Kat. And so, but I see what you're saying. And also rereading the letter from her parents where it says like last year, I'm realizing that that can't be true. So I don't know. I'm I'm curious. I'm not good at this. So I'm also curious if listeners are going to come and have like a third. Susan, we need answers. Where is she? Okay. Here's another question I have for you. Do you think the author had this intricately plotted and she has the answers to all these questions? Or do you think she threw this on at the end and was like, nobody will go back to find out. She didn't, she didn't expect me. Hmm. I think you'd have to, I would hope that this was plotted this way because I was like, oh yeah, that's why so much of the character seems a little bit flat because it's someone pretending to be someone else. But I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I I almost thought of like emailing the publicist and being like, hey, can you like ask Susan what the actual answer is but then I was afraid of offending her if then I I was like well here's why this doesn't work and I was yeah here's all these plot holes so like I didn't want to get in that situation I mean I'm sure there is like a straightforward I actually googled twist ending to see if there was like a 
Well, this is what happened. Yeah. Did you see? No, because I looked because I was like, you know where people will be fucking furious about this is Goodreads. Yeah. Because I feel like Goodreads, people are always up in arms about Mm -hmm. something. Could not find a single review that took issue with the ending. Like everyone was shocked, loved it, whatever. And I was like, do other people see something I don't? Because I'm like, this doesn't totally make sense to me. Or maybe they just were so blown away that they like didn't really stop to put it together. Because I was expecting, you know how they have like the spoiler warning ones that are like hidden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was yeah. expecting so many of those and people like. Well, maybe it's because no one knows. Tearing it apart. <laughs> no one understands what happened. I don't know. Oh, man. Well. Can I tell you another unresolved? Sorry, I've really taken no, over go this for it. episode. I, I go for it. Another unresolved plot point that I don't understand was, well, I don't even know. So, okay. So in the diary, Loris says that she meets Kat's father. Right. Fran's wolf. Yes. And he's he's mean to her mm-hmm. and like kicks her out of the hotel room. Yes. And then in the FBI chats or whatever, mm-hmm. we learn that Franz Wolf hasn't been to the U.S. since 1997. Mm. But we learn that her dad signed for a loan at the bank. He like co-signed a loan for her. Supposedly. And was he there? We assume there's a guy in the hotel room. And I'm like, who was that? I was like, was that cat too? Who was the guy? Because he's not That's the father. Maybe it was. I just assume everyone was Cat, which is clearly not possible. Well, I guess so, because she didn't go with him. There was like an email where it was like, I won't be able to accompany my father, but he'll come sign for it. So maybe she's like that masterful at like doing makeup and it is her posing as an old man. But then why is she just dumbly sitting on her couch and like dad drag? I don't know. I still have the same look on my face. I honestly am like, part of me is like, oh, I, I should have. I should have reread it, even though I just read it like a month ago. But now I'm thinking maybe I shouldn't have reread it because do you think it ruined the experience of the book for you? (laughs) Yes and no. So, yes, it completely ruined it. However, I am more. Do you think there's like a simple answer that we're just not considering? Probably. (laughs) I'm more intrigued than ever. Yeah. Well, and then nobody else has issue with this except for me. I, I'm honestly like my mind is blown because I just I didn't consider any of this. I mean, all of your points make total sense, but I just it didn't even cross my mind. I went into this like an Olsen re- in a direct to VHS movie, like ready to solve a mystery. <laughs> like I was like, what were you doing in jury duty? I'm honestly you talk about me <laughs> with the board. I'm imagining like okay, theory one, theory two, and they're like this person is way too invested in crime. We cannot take her on the jury. Like yeah, this that was, is so intense. That was basically it. But I just, I was reading it on my computer and then I had my notes app like just up next to it Mm -hmm. and I was just like writing notes and I was like, does this make sense? And I like, I was like avidly taking notes. It, I mean, I I think there's two scenarios here. The first scenario is that she had this plotted from the beginning and like there are some plot holes, whatever. And if you read it through straight through, you're just kind of like, oh, okay. It's not that evident. I think the second scenario is that maybe she wrote it and then was like, it needs something. (laughs) And then it was like, boom. I'd like to propose. Nothing is real. Your brain is broken. Enjoy, please. And I did enjoy. So I did. success. I'd like to present a third theory. Okay. <laughs> Are we sure this is the third? I think this may be like the No, no, of what happened. Of what happened the writing. We're idiots. And there's like <laughs> every that, listener. That, that's always Every possible. listener is going to be like on their keyboard, like in the Facebook group, like, you idiots. <laughs> How did you not see this? And it's we'll be true. like, oh, we didn't see that at all. Well, I mean, it's, we're talking about it. So some, so. It worked. 
I'm mostly just staring into space and being confused. I feel like this book flew under the radar. When I saw this book before it came out, I thought this was going to be huge. I don't think Mm -hmm. it has been. I don't think so. I do think people are a little burned out on Mm. scammer stuff. But then again, like I just watched this docuseries on Hulu called The Deep End about scammer cult leader. It's kind of, you know, the same thing. And I'm obsessed. So who knows? I did think it was clever how it was like bits and pieces of every scammer. So you couldn't be like, oh, okay, she just wrote the story of Anna Delvey. Although. And like hats off to the to the entrepreneurial spirit of Cat Wolf. Oh, for sure. Being Sally Rooney is being a fashion entrepreneur, an editor in a magazine, and and doing wire fraud. Like it's a lot. And writing the next great American short story. Like this woman could one person even do all of that? I don't know. This woman had a work ethic. Oh yeah, more than me for sure. Can we also talk about the author? Yes, I did not know this. Other piece of information you found, and you were doing <laughs> crazy research, and really fascinating. So, um, the author Susan Rigetti is her married name. Her maiden name is Fowler, and she was the uber sexual harassment whistleblower who wrote the viral blog post about the sexual harassment that she experienced working as an engineer at Uber. And there's this great Time Magazine article, we'll link it in the show notes, where she's being interviewed about this book. And I I pulled out this quote, I loved it so much. And she said, people told me many times, if you say anything about this, you'll never work in engineering again, she says, looking back on her decision to speak out. So I said, okay, I'll have to start all over. The article also, the interviewer remarks that she talks about fun a lot. And I really like that this book is like, kind of her decompressing from like a really high stress situation where she's like, yeah, I'm going to write a scammer book. Yeah. I mean, this book is fun. It is fun. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, that's I the easiest that way you. to describe it. I love that for you, Susan. Yeah. Susan's out here playing mind games with us all yeah. and just entertaining the masses. Yeah. Susan's like, oh, I can't be an engineer again. Like I'll be an author. And I like <laughs> love that spirit. Good for her. Good for her. Do you have any book recs that you think somebody would like if they liked this? I was going to say a hundred other girls by Iman Hariri Kia, which you already listed. Comes out in August, I believe. Yes. And that's a magazine book, not a scam book. Yes. But I don't think I have any other books. I had two others that I would recommend if this is like very much your jam. So the first one is, have you read My Friend Anna? No, but I've seen it everywhere. So this is by Rachel Deloach Williams. And she is the woman who... Anna scammed before the documentaries came out. She wrote a book. Mm. About it. She was the woman who like. the Moroccan hotel. Yeah. The Vanity Fair Mm -hmm. credit card. And basically like she she wrote a book Mm -hmm. about her own experience. This is the one who like in the Inventing Anna show. I can't remember the actress's name, but it's the same one who plays Quinn Perkins in Scandal played her. And people felt like she got a really like raw deal Mm -hmm. in the show. Yeah. So anyway, there's her book, which is like her own side of the story. There's this other book called Imposter Syndrome by Kathy Wang, which I thought was really interesting. And I like anything that's like tech startup culture. Mm-hmm. The book is What If Sheryl Sandberg Was Actually a Russian Spy? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> like an active Russian operative. Amazing. The book is like really twisty and great if you like like spy books or scam books. So I think we've created more questions than we've answered. I, 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 I went into this feeling like I understood the book I read and I'm leaving feeling like I understand nothing. I would love to talk with people about this in the Facebook group. So if you read this, 
this month and you have thoughts, we clearly still have questions. Or you would just like to tell us that we're idiots. That too. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> okay. Let's take an ad break. <laughs> Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Before Becca and I sat down to record last week's episode, which is all about our mid-year goal check-ins, I did some prep work. And part of that prep was looking at the letter I wrote myself in January 2022. In this letter, I talked about the previous year and all the things I had accomplished and worked through that made me feel really proud of myself. It was a great exercise to start off the year. But the thing that was at the very top of that list was prioritizing therapy in 2021. That was the first year that I regularly saw a therapist and it was the best decision. And that's why I am always so excited to talk about BetterHelp Online Therapy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to be on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Maybe you're in the position I was in about a year or so ago, you're feeling burnt out and you hear all this great stuff about therapy, but you just keep hesitating to book that appointment. It's embarrassing, but honestly, I avoided finding a therapist for so long, mainly because I had so much anxiety about meeting someone in person to talk to you about my feelings. That's why I love BetterHelp so much. It gives you options for therapy that works for your own life and your own preferences. If you don't want to meet in person or even chat on video, there are phone options and there are even live chat options too. Contrary to common belief, therapy isn't just for big problems or traumas. It's for everyday stressors too, like burnout. If you know you have a busy quarter coming up for work or a stressful life event, booking a session with a BetterHelp therapist now can make you that much more likely to deal with the highs and lows of life successfully. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash badonpaper. That's betterhelp.com slash badonpaper. What is your obsession this week? I mean, it's an ongoing obsession, but nothing makes me happier than fresh flowers in my house. It is currently peony season, which is, you know, brief, but like, I feel like peonies are... They're the best. Well, they're not... They're in my top three flowers. Oh, what's your top? Other three? (laughs) Probably dahlias. Oh, nice. And then ranunculas are also in the top classic, three. Classic. But yeah, it is just making me so happy that like it's the good flower season. Yeah. It's and you get them in the like the bodegas here. You can yeah. just go pick them up. It's a yeah. little bit more difficult in Philly. But I too love peonies. What about you? Uh so my obsession is if you like scammers, you would like this. As I mentioned earlier, it's the deep end on Hulu. It's a four-part docuseries about this woman named teal swan have you ever heard of her i feel like i have because people are talking about this this docuseries on social media yeah i i had it before i started watching and i feel like i know most weird cult wellness leader people but uh she has quite a large following on youtube and tiktok and she's pretty controversial and has a lot of very um committed followers but the docuseries yeah it's it's all about her little cults well you can decide if it's a cult but it's really engaging and interesting jake and i think watched it all in one night and i i really enjoyed it okay what are you reading 
Okay, so I read 100 Other Girls by Aman Hariri-Kia, the book you just mentioned, comes out in, I believe, August, might be July. And this is basically like Gen Z, the Devil Wears Prada, where a 22-year-old gets her first job out of college as the assistant to the editor-in-chief in a magazine. I thought it was really interesting because a lot of it deals with the collapsing print magazine industry. And so there's like a battle between print and digital at the same magazine. And I thought it was just really interesting to see a lot of the same things explored from the Devil Wears Prada in a current world. And it's also explored through the lens of a non-white protagonist. So the the protagonist, like the author, is Iranian-American. Yeah, I just thought it was a really fun book. I will be honest, the main character in it is 22. And I don't have a great way to like fact check the validity of of any of it. But I like thought it was like a really interesting window into what it must be like to be a 22 year old today. Someone who was born in the year 2000. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard very good things about this book as well. And then when I finished that, I started The Hotel Nantucket by Ellen Hildebrand because It just did not feel right that an Ellen Hildebrand book had been out in the world for, you know, two days and I hadn't read it. (laughs) So I started that and I have been told that this has a lot of crossover characters or maybe plot lines, I'm not sure, with The Blue Bistro, which is my favorite Ellen Hildebrand book. So I'm very excited about this. But this is basically the premise, as I understand it, is a British venture capitalist uh, sinks buys the Hotel Nantucket, which is this kind of like decrepit, crumbling hotel. Ooh, that sounds good. And restores it into this luxury hotel. Ooh. And, you know, I think it's going to be what the Blue Bistro was for restaurants. Like, this is for the hotel industry. Okay. It's a very, sounds- like, inside baseball. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. What about you? What have you read this week? I read Meant to Be Mine by Hannah Orenstein. Becca has talked about this on the podcast before. It was a cute romance. I read it like in one morning, just on a whim. Set in New York. I really liked the New York vibes. Very fun. And then I also read This Is Not the Jess Show by Anna Carey. This is a YA book. It's really best experienced going into a blind. But if you liked The Truman Show, you will probably enjoy this. It was really creative and different and insanely readable and I my only complaint is that I wish it was longer but there is a sequel so I'm looking forward to reading that as well so we are letting our listeners choose our July book club pick and we're recording this in advance so we don't know what it is yet but it's a mystery it will be on Instagram and on Facebook for you to find out what we are reading that you picked for us come join us in the Facebook group just search bad on paper on Facebook you can follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Olivia Mentor. And I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And we will see you next week. Bye. What a sad bye. <laughs> bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> I never know what to say. I'm like, bye. <laughs>